to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Last time, our party returned the kidney to Coney and he sent them to the Pennant Race Sports Bar and Grill in search of a new artifact. They also met Fook, a forgetful paladin who filled in for Balgor, who wandered off. Now, they've taken a gang member prisoner in hopes of getting more information about the eyes. We rejoin our heroes as they are at the Pennant Race Sports Tavern, having subdued a rather nasty-looking bandit who has something they need. Information. Maldar will take out some rope uh, and tie up the bandit to a chair and prepare to begin the interrogation. John walks over and goes, whoa, 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 that was, that was some great stuff, guys, great stuff. I especially, especially liked the, the bit with tying his shoes together. That was hilarious. I'm going to tell this story forever. They'll think twice before they come back to the penetrate. He does that every time. Thank you, Agata says while twirling a piece of her hair. Ooh, well, allow me to reward you later. <laughs> Uh, do you have a do you have like a back room we could do a proper interrogation in uh, um, something with a hanging yeah, light from the ceiling? Let's get this out of the out of the main floor of the bar. Nothing to see here, people. Everybody, uh, don't worry. Everybody's cool. Let's uh, let's take you down to the office. Finnick takes the bandit and tosses him over his shoulder. <laughs> I'm sorry. How, how big is Finnick again? <laughs> <laughs> so his face and feet are scraping against the floor. <laughs> yeah, they are. And Finnick is um, also, by the way, carrying a chair that he is tied to as well. Yep. yep. <laughs> is Finnick trying to show off? Yes. <laughs> uh, so as Finnick tries to hoist the bandit in the chair over his shoulder, he manages to pick it up, bring it up to his shoulder, and keeps going as he falls right back, because this is a... Large, heavy human. Ah, come on. Don't give him a suplex before we even start the interrogation. Oh, leave it to me. Hello, my name is Fook. Yeah, Fook, why don't you take it? We see the same thing happen again, just going in the opposite direction. <laughs> so we we end up back with a bandit sitting upright in the chair. Guys, guys, you can drag the chair. Maldar just grabs the back of the chair, tilts it a little bit, and drags it out of the room. Maldar is able to quite easily drag this chair out of the room into the adjoining office. We apologize for the floors. <laughs> so before we begin the investigation, uh, Maldar gathers everyone out in a little huddle to discuss their interrogation strategy. Right. Uh, just so you know, you're in his office. There's a nice leather couch up against the wall. There's a, there's a desk, which doesn't have much on it, uh, a comfortable swivel chair, uh, and there's a nice, nice lamp. Uh, Maldar, he uh, uses his rope and whatever fastening mechanisms he can manage to sort of hang it directly above the interrogee. There's now a lantern swinging from a rope. All right, guys. Uh, so let's figure out our strategy. I think we got to come at him in uh, a different way. So one of us has to be intimidating. Uh, one of us should try to commiserate with him. Uh, I'll seduce him. <laughs> sure. <laughs> one of us has to be the seducer. Might as well be you, Fook. Uh, and... Uh, one of us should probably play, like, the wild card, you know? Like, oh, I wonder what he's going to do. He could do anything. Right, well, there's four of you, so I'll just attention. sit on this couch. There's... I'm not Jom, you know. <laughs> That's the interrogee. We can't... The interrogee is not included no, in this. I thought the Jom was here. Okay, Jom is in the room. I dibs seducing. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I dibs dip. 
Fook undoes the first couple of buttons on his splint mail. <laughs> to stop him, Finnick jumps up and uh, starts wild carding. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Hey, Bandit, you ever seen a knife slide into a man's skin? Yeah, that's kind of what I do for a living. You ever, you ever seen a man slide a knife into his own skin? <laughs> what? He takes his dagger and starts just pressing it through. Uh, his hand. Oh, that's super gross. <laughs> Finnick maintains eye contact with him the whole time. Uh, he just pulls it out, and then he's, he he he's pauses for a second and still staring at him in the eyes, and then he pushes it back in again. You haven't even asked me any questions. <laughs> what the hell is that? What? That's oh, this guy is sick. Oh, guys, I just I I don't know if you guys have noticed, but. I'm a tiefling. I'm an infernal being. I have horns, a scary tail. Oh, I thought it was a skin condition. My, my skin is black. I have yellow eyes. John pipes in, hey, I don't judge you, buddy. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of being intimidating, I, I think I'd have a bit of a natural advantage to that, right? Well, try it out on me. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Moldar casts Thaumaturgy so that his, guy, his eyes glow a deep, bright yellow, and he shouts with an increasingly dark and vibrating voice. I'm being very scary to you right now, Fook, because I can eat your soul if I want. Pretty scary, right? Pretty scary. No, no, I, no. Uh, Agata takes her sword, walks right up to the bandit, and sticks it right under his his neck, trying to threaten him and look intimidating. Are you guys actually going to ask me any... Is there a reason you have me still here? If you're going to kill me, you would have done that already, right? So We uh, could technically be having intercourse because I'm immune to diseases. Uh, okay, okay. You know what? Actually, the, I, I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think the bandit actually has a good point. Let's, let's re-huddle real quick and decide what we're going to ask him. Okay, so there's going to be guys looking for me, you know. I am immune to diseases. That was actually true. It's just that's not... The goal is not to actually have sex with the bandit. Okay. I had a little bit of momentum going, and now I have a bleeding hand. Who was playing the good cop? I guess it got assigned to me after... I mean, I look scary. I have horns. And I have a pointy tail. Guy. It's yes, hard you're, to you're, be scared of a nerd. You're, you're very, very scary when you're crying. <laughs> I have no pupils. It's I, like yellow pupils. Do that. Eyes. Oh, my God, do that. They, ever, they just clear the way. And just <laughs> the bandit sees him crying. And I just and I just really wanted to know if if your gang knew where the artifact we were looking for was. It was the magical focus. And it was called like some people call it the eye, some people call it the moon binoculars, and we really wanted to know where they were. Alright, all right. I'm really uncomfortable with this display of emotion here. This you I don't even know what you guys really want from me, but like I'm just I'm just a messenger. I I go around and I collect money. Uh I bring it back to the well, I bring it back to where where we go. I don't know anything about any magic eyes. Well, have you seen? You haven't seen the magic eye? Can you tell us where, where your gang is? So maybe we can go look for it? Could someone help me with these straps? This armor's not coming off easily. <laughs> and now he's taking his clothes off? It's just not this day isn't going really my way. All right. Okay, guys, guys. Look, I, they, you, do you know what they would do to me if I, if I told you about the warehouse? Do you know what V will do to you if you don't? Wait a minute. Warehouse? Oh, I, oh no, no. I did say, look, look, there's a whole district called uh, warehouses. Like, I, I'm, and then suddenly, uh, as he's sort of choking on his words, you realize he's actually choking. 
and a bubbling white substance starts to come out of his mouth. Uh, Maldar is going to quickly try to use his telepathy to try to see if he can get any more information out of him while he's choking. Uh, just Come on, man. Just uh, I can use telepathy, so you can tell me whatever you were trying to say while you're choking. We'll, we'll avenge you. All you can get from his mind right now is, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Bit down on the pill. Shouldn't have not have bit down on the pill. That was that was dumb. That was. Why didn't I ask that girl to the dance? I can't do anything about poison, but I can make your last moments on earth miraculous. Uh, let's let's give Fook the room, and Maldar slips out. Uh, yeah, Finnick Finnick leaves. Agata Agata follows John with his last gurgles. Warehouse. And all that disgusting white foam just bubbles out of his mouth and he's dead. Fuchs steps out of the room, wiping his hands on his uh, cloak, saying, It didn't go as well as I expected. Well, we've had quite the night here, haven't we, boys uh, and lady? Mm. So I've got a dead body in my office. I'm going to... I have a bag of holding. <laughs> That actually might help out. I, but, uh, could you maybe use your own bag of holding? I was... Oh, I already did it, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Those ba- His friends are probably going to be looking for him, so maybe you could just get him out of here and make yourself scarce. Just for the time being, you guys can come back later. Anytime. Anytime, Agatha. Mm. I might stake you up on that. All right, so first we have to <laughs> no. find ourselves a ditch, and then we have to head to the warehouse district. Plan. Yeah, let's find a back alley. Done. Wait, to... why are we getting rid of him? He could be useful to us. I I don't know or see or want to know how. I just want this dead body out of that bag. We just slosh alcohol on him and pretend we're bringing back their drunk compadre. Actually, that sounds, that's, that's not, not a, a bad, bad idea. Plan. Yeah. yeah, I was really hoping that was. I mean, I was really worried that was going to go down a darker path. Never underestimate the usefulness of a dead body. There it is. There's <laughs> what I was worried about. By the way, does anyone have like a minor healing spell for my hand? Oh, you yes. did that to yourself. Yeah. The warehouse district is what you might call an up-and-coming district. It got its name from its many large industrial warehouses that used to hold many trade goods for the market district, but it's since been supplanted uh, as rents have gone up because... The new, young, and hip people have been moving into these loft apartments that they put into the warehouses. It's really a trendy district. It's kind of expensive. You might even use the word gentrification if you're of the type to do that. Oh, I've heard about rogues and their ability to see little markings that other people can't. Really? Because I haven't. Finnick uses his ability to see markings that nobody else can. (laughs) (laughs) Phoenix scans the surrounding area for uh, symbols that match the one that the bandit was wearing. Finnick uh, scans windows and doors. He starts to get a sense of that some of them are very, some of this, these scant is very old. It was about what kind of goods and security systems there were uh, when this was actually a warehouse district, when there were things worth stealing. Now you see the Messages about the relative wealth of the people, and also which has the best craft breweries. Thieves Cant has gone hipster. There are some interesting things that speak of danger. Uh, There's one on a particularly imposing warehouse that has big, heavy doors on it. That has a sign over the door saying, The Speakeasy. That 
There's a sign that just says, stay away. So we should probably go on that one. Why? Because they don't want us to. Fook dumps the body out into the street. Uh, Agata pulls out a, a flask of uh, liquor that she got from Jom and pours it all over the body. The body is slung. Somehow Finnick finds an inner reserve of strength, and even though it's all dead weight, he can now... There's a sight of a halfling carrying a fully grown human, looking very tough and very rough for wear, but just right down the middle of the street. Agata gives Finnick an impressed look. Finnick pretends not to notice. At the front door of the warehouse, there's no one outside. Uh, there are two torches on either side of the entry of the doorway. It's big, heavy metal door, and you can see sort of a slit. One of those, there's a slit in the door that could probably be pulled back to allow someone on the inside to speak out to you. Fook knocks on the door, shaving a haircut, two bits. The slit slides open. Password. I'm down here. The slit closes. A lower slit opens. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Fook. Password. We brought your friend here. He was drinking and talking. I don't think you want him talking. Password. He didn't give us a password. He just said that he needed to get back here. Fook checks the body's pockets in case he is as forgetful as Fook is and writes things down. You see, you find uh, there's some, like, there's 10 copper. There's a bit of string. There's a happy and piece of beef jerky. And a small slip of paper... That on one side reads guest, on the other side reads the all-seeing eyes see an enemy alone and a friend together. Shaving a haircut, two bits. What? I... That's a knock. He's knocking again. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That. <laughs> the, the bottom slit opens. Password. The all-seeing eye is a friend for. The fun. slit closes. Shaving a haircut, two bits. The lower slit opens again. Password. Guest. Come on in, sir. The doors open. <laughs> the door opens, and there is it's a very large room. Uh, it's got sort of parquet wood floor. You don't see who was on the other side of the door. There doesn't seem to really be anyone in there. Uh, at the other at one end of this large room, there is a door that you can hear people behind, and everybody's like happy and laughing. Uh, to the side on the sides of the walls, there's uh, just sort of paintings of. Uh, the docks in the old days and ships being loaded and unloaded and right on the ceiling where the source of light is coming from you see there's it's as though there's a painting and then there's a light hanging down out of the large open eye of a face and then there is a very lazy eye that you can also see so it's sort of it's not a painting of a human it's the same design you saw on the bandits uh, bandana there are treatments for lazy eyes. Oh, I didn't know that. How, yes. what, what do you do? You cover the other eye so that they're dependent on the lazy one. Oh, and that causes them to realign. It does. Oh, fun fact. As you step into this room uh, on the parquet floor, the light turns off. You hear the grind. You hear a grinding sort of me- mechanical sound, uh, and the other eye is now glowing brightly and the two eyes are moving through the room so you have two so what was once a filling light is now two spotlights that are moving throughout the room let's slide the body forward and see what yeah, happens. yeah Mulder grabs the body off phoenix back and sort of presents it as though he were uh presenting a teddy bear to an older person just sort of holds it up in front of the eye 
tries to wave it back and forth. One of the lights, the one that was originally shining straight forward, uh, catches the the bandit in its glow, and he seems to explode in just this bright flash of energy. And he's already dead, but he's now much more dead than he was. Maldar recoils and tries to find cover from the light. The lights don't seem to be coming... uh, right up against the door so you're fine there but it's they're roving throughout the hole oh i think i got a thing for this i got a thing for this um mm, right that's it maldar casts darkness and fills the room with a magical darkness the light the room fills with darkness but you see two shafts of now green lights are moving around and your darkness is suddenly dispelled fook is looking for a pattern in the light movement these lights fairly are are quite random they're just moving around but when they come together when they hit each other they will stop and then move away uh every few seconds they will stop and i guess because they haven't found what they're looking for uh they keep moving i gotta use this thaumaturgy to create a sound originating from a specific point in the room to see if the lights are attracted to sound you don't see it change in any uh, appreciable manner Fook puts the bandit's head into his bag of holding and then takes the one of the feet and throws it into the room in a random direction. Uh, the lights, one of the light finds it and it now explodes in a blast of green. Fook, do that with the head over there. But then it'll destroy the head and we can't say that we can't continue the ruse that we're returning their drunken companion. I'm pretty sure the ruse is up at this point, regardless. Throw the head uh, maybe we can just get through the room guys if we're what just is past. your opposition to saving body parts <laughs> this does not make sense to me it, it's not distracted by the body parts you just you can, i just you're know just as... where it's going to be when it blows it up which is good enough for me we can see where it is yeah we can see where it's yeah, a it's, light it's, it's, it's light yes but the... look all we want you to do we know you're sneaky we know you're the best person to try to get through the room so all we want you to do is just something like this Maldar crosses the room as stealthily as he can. And you see the lights shining, catching each other moving, catching each other moving. One one of the eyes sees you. As it catches you, you try to dart out of the way, but don't quite make it. And it, a bit of the light catches the bottom left of your foot and burns you. Ow! Finnick dives into the center of the room, grabs Maldar after he was hit, and rolls to the other side of the room to get him to safety. Uh, now that you're at the other end of the room, the lights don't quite reach that far. They seem to stop like two feet in front of the wall. Uh, but a steel shutter comes down over the doorway that you were going to go through. Yeah, see, that was what I was trying to show you what to do. That's what you should have done in the first place. Shut up. Agatha, Fook, do something. Agatha, you do notice uh, that this seemingly random pattern is not entirely random because you notice that the points where the lights intersect are in the same three points on the floor. It's always going to be there. It seems the lights meet in the same three spots. I wonder if, if you stand when the lights meet, if you would be okay. Yeah, you want to try that? Let's try it with a bit of the bandit. That's a better idea than your suggestion, Finnick. Thank you. Fook gives Agata a piece of the bandit. Yeah, have a kneecap. (laughs) Agata puts it in the first spot, or throws it into the first spot. Uh, The kneecap tumbles into position. Uh, It takes about 10 seconds for the lights to make their room. They come, they see the same thing. The two green glowing lights are now on the same point, 
they shut off. You hear the mechanical grinding noises, and the room is now as lit as it was originally, and the steel shutters at the other end rise. We've solved it! Yay! We all equally helped. All wait, of us. Wait a second. I'm not, I'm not amazing at puzzles or nothing, but what the heck just happened? I saved our lives, Finnick. Despite you telling me I should go kill myself. I did not tell you that. I just I just thought that it was a funny idea at the time before I realized. I, I'm sorry to say it, but Fook outsmarted me. I mean, yeah, actually, Fook has pointed out that having a bunch of dead body parts in a bag is actually very, very useful. It's Fook perfect. shovels more into the bag of holding. <laughs> <laughs> the lazy eye is now closed on the thing. The regular eye shines down nice, soft, yellowish light. It really, really looks good on the hardwood. Uh, there is some burned points now, but the door at the other end is now accessible. But you don't quite hear the same jocularity that you did when you came in. It's fairly silent on the other side. Maldar will cast Disguise Self to make himself look like the corpse we've been throwing around all day. Uh, Finnick will just try to disguise himself using his disguise kit uh, to create a better recreation of the man that we had earlier. Uh, yours isn't better than magic. Yeah, so now there are two people who look like the guy who's just gotten blown up. Quick, cover them with alcohol! <laughs> <laughs> and Maldar and Finnick will both open the door and head into the next room. <laughs> and Fook splashes their faces with booze. <laughs> All right, uh, soggily, you walk into this next room. Uh, you, what you heard originally sounded like there was a bustling of activity and that this was the speakeasy it claimed to be. But now you see another empty room. Uh, it's got wood paneling on the walls, some tasteful artwork as well. Uh, there's a nice rug in the center of the room. Uh, on that rug, there's a pedestal. And at the top of that pedestal is a chest. Uh, okay. Uh, Agata, after walking into the room, Agata stops and explores and investigates the chest from a distance. It's a nice, ornate chest. Uh, it's got a big lock on it. You see that? But you can also... It shimmers. Fook lobs a shoulder at it. The shoulder passes through it. <gasps> it's an illusion. Maldar will cast Detect Magic and try to see if he can see anything else in the room that might be magical. You see the... There's a lot of glowing of the color of illusion magic on the pedestal and the chest. And also there's a bit glowing on the rug. There's a blending of magics on this thing. It's definitely not an illusion. It's actually there. Hey, uh, Fook, body part me. Fook hands him a testicle. <laughs> Maldar will throw the testicle at the part of the rug that is covered with magic having apparently digested a testicle which it will never forget a the rug now rises up on its hind quarters or well the rug apparently has the ability now to stand upright so the rug is looking if the rug can be said to look at you with bad intent Finnick slips on his slippers of spider climbing, leaps to the ceiling, pulls out his short bow, and fires at the rug. The rug is hit. It recoils, uh, it folds over on itself. Uh, when it unfolds again, the you don't see the arrow anymore, but it looks a little ragged on that spot. So you manage to pierce right into that thing. Also, since you're now standing on the ceiling looking down at it, uh, you can see... 
in the area of the floor that the rug was covering, the outline of a trapdoor. Maldar starts running sideways across the room, and he pulls out his finger guns and shoots Eldritch Blast right at the carpet. Your mystical energy, dark mystical energy, flows through it. It looks as though you can see it sparking in and through the rug. It's smoking slightly as the powers diminish. Boom! First try this time! (laughs) Ha ha! It looks almost disappointed that you hit it. So the having been hit by the Eldritch Blast, the rug turns its attention to Maldar, shuffles over, and attempts to envelop him. You are enveloped by this rug. It's going to try to roll you up now. Uh, it is squeezing very toughly on you, and you can't move. You can't see. Perhaps even more troubling, you can't breathe. <laughs> Agata, her attack plan foiled, uh, stands there wondering what to do next. You are no longer a welcome mat! Fook runs forward, swinging his battle axe dramatically. Uh, you really should not have tried to attack the rug uh, by swinging down, because you miss. The axe sort of clangs off the ground, and it doesn't seem like the rug responded at all to your threats. Finnick leaps back down to the floor, grabs the end of the rug, and pulls hard as if to spin Maldar like a top. So as Finnick pulls on an edge of this, it almost as though the the rug was distracted because it immediately gives way and spins Maldar out. Thanks, bud. I'm free. Ha <laughs> ha. As soon as Maldor is free, I gotta attack the rug with her guiding bolt. The bolt sails right over the fringe. It doesn't even touch any of the like the gold tassels at the edge of the rug. As Maldor spins out of the rug, he pulls out his spear and swings around and stabs it right through the middle of the magic rug. That spear gets right into it. Doesn't quite go through it, but it definitely you feel it being pushed back, and it, there's a little give to it. This rug now has a new number one pal that it wants to hug. Because Finnick took away its old hugging pal. So it's gonna hug Finnick. It is now smothering Finnick with all its love and affection. Agata takes her sword and slices right up the back of the rug, trying to avoid Finnick. So as the, the mighty blow shudders the rug, slices up but also slices a bit through to uh, Finnick. It, the rug took most of the blow, but it still get that you still feel that sword on your back. Fook dashes forward, <laughs> grabbing at the rug and attempting to rip it away from the thief. Doesn't really have much give. It is holding on tightly to Finnick. It really wants to hug Finnick. Finnick gets fucked. <laughs> uh, Finnick tries to break free from the rug. The rug uh, moves slightly, but then is hugging it even tighter to the point that you start to feel like your ribs bruising. Maldar's going to try to return the favor to Finnick when he was freed. So he's going to, I'm there for you, buddy. I'm going to free you. And he rips at the carpet with all his strength. Finnick spins as though he was a figure skater on ice. Uh, The rug just releases him instantly. It's like pulling on butter, if that was a thing people did with butter. Uh, it's like a, ni- like a knife through butter, but you're 
pulling him off. Finnick is now free, and the force of your pull on that actually uh, did a little bit of tearing damage on the rug. Take that, rug. So the rug no longer wants to play with Maldar and Finnick, who rejected his amorous advances and turns instead on Agatha, or senses the warmth within her, and envelops her in a big, ruggy bear hug. Uh, Agatha tries to muster her strength to get out of this rug hold and fails. Gives her a bit of a headache with how close it is on the sides of her head. It's time to go gnome! Fook runs forward with his battle axe and pounds it downwards towards the rug. You catch this rug with the tip of your battle axe and rend it in two. It falls apart to the sides. Agatha falls forward. You did hit her a bit, but she's free. The rug is dead. My apologies. No, I mean, in the end of the game, we, we killed a rug, guys. We have killed a rug. We should all be very proud with ourselves. Although now you feel like the balance of the room is off. It was really tying everything together. It is a nice rug, Fook says as he's loading it into his bag of holding. So uh, we both got giant gashes in our back. Anyone want to fix that? Ooh, I could lay my hands on you. Do not lay your hands on me. Lay your hands on her. She will lay her hands on me. And thusly, we will be fixed. That, that works for me. While we're at it, maybe I'll just do a little group hug. Do not lay your hands no on me. No hugging. Why, is, why are you so nomophobic? Fook lays his hands on the cleric, healing her. Agata feels rejuvenated. Thank you, Fook. Yes, well, when people like being touched by gnomes, good things happen. After being healed by Fook, Agata reaches for Finnick and uh, cures his, heals his big gash down his back. You lift up the trap door, and there are stairs leading down into the darkness. There are rock walls, but a flickering firelight appears to be at the end of a long tunnel. Um, I mean, I really thought we were going to a club with a gang. Yes, can we find an inn that's less bloodthirsty than this? <sighs> Fook, we're not, we're not at the inn right now. We're, on, we're mid-quest. Are we? Yeah, we're mid-quest right now. Oh! But once again, I feel like we're kind of committed. We might as well finish this off. Right, guys? I'm really surprised he hasn't said my name is Fook for the past, like, while. I should cancel my drink order. So our heroes, having defeated awful interior decoration and strange lighting choices, are about to go down into the first cavern that we have entered on Caverns and Comedians. This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Starring Oliver Giorgio as Finnick the Rogue, Joanna Houghton as Agatha the Cleric, Maddox Campbell as Maldar the Warlock, Scott Thrower as Fook the Paladin, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. Audio recording by Andrea Miller, theme by Derek Baldwin, edited by Maddox Campbell, created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell. Opening and credits read by Ralph McLeod. Caverns and Comedians is a Kicks and Giggles production. More information can be found at kicksandgigglesentertainment.com slash cavernsandcomedians or on iTunes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and review it. Your support will help us make more episodes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>